This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. This is not a regular player. This is not a pretty good quarterback. This is an all-time great. Is he? A strange bird off the field? He's a little nuts, I think. Okay? That's his deal. Is he really weird? Yeah. You don't have to hang out with him. You just have to put on your Jet jersey, go to the stadium, and watch him do his thing, which is move the Jets down the field and into the end zone, which is something you have not had in years. Subscribe to the Mike Francesa podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Missanelli Podcast. This is going to be a tough one, ladies and gentlemen. The podcast, of course, brought to us by Bet Rivers, and then doing it hours after the Eagles fell to the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona, 38 to 35. And I got to be honest with you, I, I sit here and I'm, I'm recording this podcast, and it, it feels almost surreal to talk about a loss. Uh, and I, like like many uh, other Eagle fans and, and followers and the, the players and the coaches, uh, you, you got to be shook today. And uh, I, I know it, it was a great season, uh, but it wasn't a season that we expected to end like this. Here's the bottom line. The Eagles were the better team that did not make the better plays to win a Super Bowl where they were favored uh, and where they had a 10-point lead at halftime. No team in Super Bowl history has lost a game where they led by 10 points at halftime. So you got to look at this game. Uh, yeah, it was a great season. You're proud of the team. They took you on a great ride. But uh, I, I am left with devastation. And the bottom line, this was a devastating loss that followed a great season. And I can't sugarcoat it. Uh, there's no guarantee you can ever get back to a Super Bowl. So when you get there as the better team, as the favorite you must uh, you must win that game, uh, or you risk giving everything away of uh, that opportunity forever. You might not ever get it again. Now we look at the Eagles and we go, okay, they got the foundation of a pretty good team. They got a franchise quarterback, but you got to knock down that door when you get there. And they they had the door ajar, and they couldn't knock it down. So I, I'm disappointed and I'm devastated, and it's the fact that they're a great team is not mitigated right now by me. I I, I just don't feel that right now. Uh, so let's talk about how they did lose this game. Uh, and listen, it's the simple answer is their defense let them down. Uh, the defense that was the, the second best ranked defense in the league let them down in the second half. The the defensive coordinator let them down. Uh, made no adjustments to to fortify what they did best, which was to sack the quarterback, get pressure on the quarterback. The defensive coordinator saw it going on all game long where they wouldn't get, uh, get heat on the quarterback and didn't change up anything. Now, that's coaching on the fly, and that's what you need to do in the magnitude of a game like this, and he didn't do it. But conversely, there was nobody on defense that made a play. Uh, the defensive coordinator's plan is one thing. Some leader on that defense has to go out and make a play, whether it was Hassan Reddick, uh, whether whether it was the Darius Slay, whether it was somebody with, with the, uh, uh, making a great tackle. Somebody had to make a play to get your defense back, and, and they didn't make a play. And uh, it's, it's just disappointing. I mean, I'm kind of stunned that that was the result last night. After what you watched in the first half, and you saw that quarterback – Patrick Mahomes limp off the field, and you're up by 10, and you're thinking you're on easy street. And, and, and the only thing that protects easy street is that your defense then has to take control of the game. So let's, let's look at the, at the things that have happened. And, of course, people today are going to be talking about the non-call or the, the call that should have been a non-call. 
And that's James Bradbury on defensive holding um, of Juju Smith-Schuster. That that continues the drive. Now, listen, the bottom line is they were going to kick a field goal there anyway. So if they, if if that is not called, it's an incomplete pass. It's a fourth down. Buckner's going to kick the field goal, put them ahead by three, which would have given the Eagles a, you know, a minute, maybe minute 50 to get the ball down the field. And, uh, and that didn't seem like a big ask, at least to get into a position where they could kick a field goal. But but we don't know that they would have done it. So uh, uh, the, that call did not lose them the game, okay? And I know a lot of Eagle fans love to blame officials, and they love saying, oh, we got cheated again. You got to get past that and look at the real story. Your defense let you down. Here's something else that let them down. Um, the The special teams. Now, Darius Tony. first of all, the punt was a bad punt. It was a low punt. He scoops it low. He had time to get up ahead of steam. He made a couple of moves. He confused their coverage, and, and he gets a 65-yard uh, punt return, and, and they, they get the touchdown on that play. Uh, when uh, they do the half motion, which they had done the slay earlier, the same exact play was half motion turn back, and, and both, both cornerbacks – didn't follow with their eyes with the real play. They took their eyes off the th- They assumed that that motion was going to continue. They stopped their brain and didn't double back to make, make the cover on that play. And, and they get the touchdown to go ahead 35 to 27. So the punt return leads to that touchdown. To the Eagles' credit, the Eagles' credit, this is what the game comes down to. They get the answer. And, and they, they had a couple answers in this game. And, and, Thank God that Jalen Hurts played well in this game. You know, he he did give them a fumble. We'll talk about it in a second. He gave them a fumble touchdown. But he came back from that to score a touchdown. And then they come back from this after that punt return that leads to a touchdown where the cornerback got flummoxed. They That drive, they get the bomb to Devontae Smith. And and, and they, they get the touchdown. And the two-point try. Heroic stuff. To tie the game at 35 at that point with 5.15 left. You're tied. Now who does the game belong to? The game then belongs to your defense. It is now imperative for your defense. Highly ranked. Number two in the league. Great pass rush. Your defense then has to come up big and get a stop there. Get a stop there. Your offense probably win the game. To me, that's the key. Forget about Bradbury's penalty. Forget about the punt return. You still have a chance at that point because Jalen Hurts gave you that chance, ties the score at 35, and what happens on that Chiefs drive? Pacheco gets 10 yards on a sweep for a first down on a third and one. Mahomes gets a 26-yard scramble on the play to get the ball to the 18. And from that point there, you're talking about uh, uh, the, the, non, the, not, the call on, on Bradbury but you, you let them get in that position. You needed to get a stop there. You needed to get the Chiefs to punt the ball back to you, and that's where you needed to win the game. And instead, they allowed Butker to kick the field goal because they, they made a smart play with McKinnon going down. Uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I know people are saying, well, if you don't make that call, Mike, you get the ball back, and he's going to do the same thing and win the game. Yeah, but you didn't get the call. And, and what you had control of was to stop them from getting the ball down the field once the game was tied at 35. Let's bring Darren in here. Darren, um, your, your interpretation of what I just said. Well, the entire second, you're absolutely right. It was this falls on the defense. It falls on the coordinator, uh, the coordinator who ran out of the building and didn't answer any questions after the game, I might add. Um, they, I saw the Chiefs use a ton of motion in the second half to really manipulate some coverages. I haven't seen any team use that much motion all season. It was clear what Andy was trying to do. It's one of those things that Seth talked about last week where Andy is the best at scheming to get your eyes going one way and the play's coming back to the other side. They did it on both touchdowns in the second half. So uh, I, that's what I saw. I saw manipulated coverages. I saw a defensive line that just couldn't get home. They could not get home. And, you know, I'm, I'm, the field was garbage last night. Both teams had to play on it, though. You're right about that. We talked about that. It was an ice skating rink. 
that was a disgrace. That's the Super Bowl that that that, that stadium is being played in. It was incredible, incredible to me how bad the condition of that field was. But the game was lost by a defensive line that couldn't get home, and and a defensive coordinator that did not make any seemingly any changes in the second half when that when the Chiefs just went up and down the field methodically on the Eagles established themselves all year as a team that ran the football and set the tone that way. Uh, and he didn't do it last night. And Miles Sanders had a terrible game. Miles My- Sanders was not engaged in that game last night. Uh, now, uh, the one drive, uh, it's that, this is my way of, of really lauding Jalen Hurts, who carried him on his back. Uh, it's hard to forget uh, a fumble touchdown. So I, 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 you know, I do this with an asterisk, but uh, he played his butt off last night and he made a couple of great throws. And, uh, the one couple plays that uh, he he made a spin out early um, in the game uh, it was uh, uh, he, he spun out on Frank Clark had him and he spun away from him and, and he rolled left and he hit Pascal on a third down that, that gave him a first down and uh, that was when right, right before uh, the fumble that was a great play that he made and then the fumble happens it ties at fourteen fourteen and he came back into second half. And I thought made one of his best throws ever to Goddard on the sidelines. And Goddard makes that catch on the sidelines, which turned out to be a catch if there was challenge. Hertz made some great throws last night. He came to play. Uh, he accounted for 417 yards of total offense. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, it, I, if the one thing I'm going to take out of this is that that quarterback performed under the hot lights, and I've got no worries about him at all. I've got some other worries now because they didn't win this Super Bowl. And, um, you know, you look at whether they can actually get back there. Uh, And it's going to take now a lot of remastering to get back there. This was an opportunity to get another Super Bowl. And when you squander something like that, it stings. It hurts because you're never going to be able to get it back. Uh, And and so that was the thing that really disappointed me, that their defense came up small. you know, Hassan Reddick, I get it that he was messed up by the field, but uh, Andrew Wiley beat him all day. And that was the matchup that the Eagles thought they had uh, an advantage on that Reddick was going to kill that kid who had given up the most sacks on that line. Even though their Kansas City offensive line is pretty good, he was the weak link. Reddick didn't do anything different. Reddick is a straight angle line rusher where he comes in at an angle and, and he attacks the right shoulder of, of the offensive tackle. Uh, he didn't spin. He didn't bull rush. He, did, he had that same rush. The whole game. Somewhere along the line, you got to change it up. So I get the defensive coordinator's misfortune in that game last night. I get he didn't stunt. He didn't blitz. He didn't change the tempo to get to the quarterback. But somebody had to make a play in that game last night. They got really no plays from the defensive tackles. They got no plays from Reddick. They didn't get any plays from the other side either. They didn't get a play from Josh Sweat last night. Um, Individually, they weren't good. And scheme-wise, they were not good. And they wound up losing the Super Bowl because of it. Hurts played brilliantly, and yet he gave them seven points. The, the, the team had a great season. They were so impressive. We wrote this, this wave of excellence where they had the answer for everything. And in this game, they didn't have the answer. And they in, in the second half, their defense just let them down. So it, it's really tough to process this. I think Eagle fans uh, are going to look at this team a few weeks down the road, and they're going to kind of let them off the hook. Because it was it was such a great season and it was such a, a prideful season and and fans went along for this really nice ride and that's what they're going to remember more than the disappointment. But uh, I I look at this and I've been covering sports for a long time. These opportunities do not present themselves all the time. And when you squander them, you squander them. And and the Eagles back in the day, the McNabb days, squandered. And that's what we remember most about it. They squandered. They squandered this. People like Hurts now, so I, there's gonna. Be, I think that they're gonna be mollified by that fact. But now let's look ahead at what they are, because they've got. You know, this is all well and good, and we didn't really think about this because we thought they were gonna win the game. And everybody that I had talked to, and it scared me a little bit, that everybody I talked to thought they were gonna win this game. And when that happens, there's usually some bad voodoo in the air that prevents that from happening. Because I, so I wish I would have ran into 15 people. So I don't know. Those Chiefs are tough. And I would have felt better about it. I would have felt less devastated. 
But now let's look, look at what they're up against. I don't know how Shane Steichen is ready for a head coaching job, but apparently he's going to get the Colts a job. I mean, one year of accomplishment should not be able to get you a head coaching job, but it looks like it's going to get him a head coaching job. Gannon looks like he may get the head coaching job in Arizona. So if they have to replace the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, that sets them back a little bit. It, it really does because, you know, these guys had uh, had performed a, a scheme that was pretty effective this year. Um, the Miles Sanders, I don't think he's coming back, especially off a performance like that. The last, the last impression you give people is like, oh, well, why do we want to sign him to that kind of money? We're going to have to just uh, get another running back. We have uh, two younger guys here. We, we'll, we'll replace Miles Sanders. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, to me, is a must. Bradbury, probably not going to be resigned. Uh, you got Samalo. You got uh, Fletcher Cox. What happens there? What happens to Brandon Graham? Like, what do they do with these guys? What? Most of those guys will take a hometown discount to stay depending on, on how much they're going to pay them. But Hertz now is going to get between 47 and $52 million, which, which lowers the amount that you can replace other guys with. So their offense seems to be okay, intact. Their offensive line is going to be fine. Lane Johnson's going to get the surgery, going to come back. So I don't have a worry about that. Defensively was the major uh, accomplishment this year. All right, so Andy Reid wins another Super Bowl. Mahomes wins his second in three visits to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs go in already as the favorite to win another Super Bowl next year. The Eagles are still highly ranked to get back there, and maybe we're just blowing too much smoke here and that the Eagles will be able to rebound and get back to the Super Bowl. But damn it, this was a devastating loss. And, and, and for the people that think it's a nice season and they're proud of the boys, that's fine. I don't roll that way. I, 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 you go into a Super Bowl and you're supposed to win the game and you got a 10-point lead at halftime and you allow your defense to just get shredded in the second half by a guy who's got a bad wheel. That leaves a mark, man. And, and, and that's what – it's left a mark on me today. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Mike Missanelli Podcast continues the postmortem of what happened last night as the Eagles lose the Super Bowl – 38 to 35, uh, stunning people throughout the Delaware Valley. And who better to get some analysis of what went on last night than the man who's done it for many years, uh, analyzing Eagle games uh, every Sunday and beyond. The great Ray Dinger joins us. Hello, Ray. Good morning. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? Well, you know, it, it's it's a very weird feeling here because um, on, on one hand, you know, this team was so brilliant this year and um they go into a Super Bowl, and everybody thought this was going to be a victory. Uh, and maybe we assumed wrong because uh, some things happened in this game that, that were unexpected, especially losing a 10-point lead. Uh, how did it happen? You know, this looked like a game they had in their grasp. What happened? Yeah, you know, Mike, I was uh, – <clears throat> for the last two weeks, I've been trying to um, – talk. I don't want to say argue against, but just sort of talk about what you were just talking about was – the level of confidence uh, among Eagles fans and people in the Delaware Valley generally about this game. Um, you're from here. I'm from here. Darren's from here. We're all from here. And uh, I'm just not used to the people in this city being that confident about anything. You know, I, I just think we are, uh, by habit and by history, an underdog town. Uh, and I think we probably function better in that role. Uh, so when I kept hearing everybody say, oh, we're going to win this, or in many cases, the last few days, oh, we're going to win this one easy. Um, I kind of said, not that they were going to lose, but I kind of said, you know, look, don't be so sure. Uh, you know, the Chiefs are good. I mean, the Chiefs came in here, they had won 12 of 13, and they were the best quarterback in the game. Um, you know, so to me, they were, <laughs> I, I think that we didn't give them, or the most of the fans didn't give them enough respect. Um, so that was I was. I expected it to be a close game. I did expect the Eagles to win. Um, the two things that happened that I really didn't expect uh, was for the Eagles' pass rush to be so neutralized to the point where it was a non-factor. Uh, didn't expect that. Uh, and I certainly, I mean, I'm not a betting man, but I would have bet anything that the Eagles would have finished this game with more rushing yards than the Chiefs. Uh, it's very rare to see an Andy Reid team outrush anybody. Uh, but they did it last night to the tune of 158 yards. 
And the way they ran the ball in the second half played a big role in their coming back to win. Yeah, and I thought the same way uh, about the people because uh, uh, everybody I had talked to last week, there wasn't one person that I ran into that was nervous about them losing the game. And it, it, it was stunning for me. That, so I, <laughs> I actually thought the Eagles were going to win the game by a point. That, that's how close I thought this was going to be. Now, when you examine the game, you're right. The, the defense let them down. I mean, there's no question about it. This is the first time a team has come back from a 10-point deficit in the first half to win a Super Bowl against the, the supposed number two defense in the league. So uh, what didn't they do? And, you know, you can look at it and go, this Jonathan Gannon thing has been lingering all year long. His lack of aggression, lack of aggression. But you couldn't argue with the results. But the lack of aggression seemed to really hurt them last night. They were very passive in the second half, I thought. They were. And, um, you know, this was a real raging debate among Eagles fans all through the season. Is Jonathan Gannon a good defensive coordinator? Is he not? I mean, for a team that was 14 and three during the regular season um, to have this back and forth about the defensive coordinator, he's good. No, he stinks. He's good. I mean, it just seemed crazy that there was this argument because all on the statistical side, Everything told you that the defense was great and the coordinator was great. Um, and, I mean, the numbers are all there. Number one against the pass, lots of takeaways, led the league in sacks. But I remember one day I was doing uh, an event and Howard Eskin, who you know very well, and Seth Joyner were on the were on the panel with me. And they got into it back and forth. And, of course, Howard was – defending Jonathan Gannon, saying the people who criticize Jonathan Gannon don't know what they're talking about. Just look at the numbers. Uh, and Seth, who you know very well from having spent the season sitting next to him, um, is not a big fan uh, and is very much a proponent of get-after-it defense, as taught by Buddy Ryan. So these two guys were philosophical opposite poles in this argument. Um, and so they came to me and said, uh, can you can you settle this argument? Because we have these two guys are never going to agree. Where would you come down? And I said, well, I guess I'm sort of in the middle here. Uh, I agree that it's hard to argue against the numbers uh, and the way this team is winning. Uh, but my my fear is that what people are saying about Gannon being passive and conservative is true. And it's worked to this point. You can't argue against that. I said, but my fear is down the road when they start playing better teams and better quarterbacks with better offensive lines, and all of a sudden their front four isn't getting home, and now that quarterback is standing in the pocket and he's got time to throw the ball, and it comes time for the defensive coordinator to say, you know what, we got to do something different. Will Jonathan Gannon do something different, or will he stick with, will he stick with same old, same old? And my fear was he would. And that's what you saw happen in this game. They finally got up against a line that could protect, give tremendous amount of credit to Andy Reid, because these last two weeks, the old offensive line coach got back to coach an offensive line. I mean, he drew up a, past, a, a fast offense and protection schemes that made that offensive line, to me, play a lot better than the players should have allowed it to play. I mean, that was a really good coaching job, and it started with Andy. But when, once they neutralized that rush, and your front four wasn't getting pressure on Mahomes, then you had to come up with something else. You had to go to a changeup. And I wondered if Gannon would do it. Uh, last night he did not. And it wasn't the sole reason that they lost, but it was certainly part of it. Well, you know, Gannon opened up the, the channel again for Seth. Uh, we did the show last night because Seth had come come to grips with, with Gannon. And then last night, of course, it was, uh, well, yeah, it was just a matter of time before that, that was going to happen. But, you know, it, it, that's the whole point, isn't it? I mean, you saw Hassan Reddick wasn't getting home. And I, I said, well, why don't they stun him? Or, why, you know, they move him or, or why, you know, they, an occasional blitz. And, uh, you know, the one time they blitzed down there by the goal line, they got flummoxed on the back end when, when, when guys didn't follow motion uh, with their eyes right. completely and, and got confused. Uh, but, but, you know, th th that's a that's a major factor. Our defense it was getting sacks that wasn't getting sacks. And, and it's it, uh, it's hard to believe that a, a defensive coordinator would not adjust to that. It was clear that they they couldn't get home. So you got to do some something different. So, yeah, that to me was a big factor uh, in the game. And so let's go over the things that we know Philly uh, fans are complaining about. Right. 
Uh, and, and it's obviously the, the official's call on the defensive holding on James Bradbury. Um, what was your opinion of that? Because the, 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 the thing is, you don't make that call there. I know people say that all the time. It's it's the right call, but you don't make it there. What, how did you see that? Yeah, that's exactly right, Mike. I mean, that, that was how I saw it. I mean, even Bradbury, when he was asked about it afterwards, said, yeah, I grabbed, I grabbed his jersey, which by the letter of the law is a penalty. But there's officiating, good officiating is consistent officiating. The way a game is called in the first quarter is the way it should be called in the fourth quarter. I've never believed in this idea of calling the game one way in the first half and then in the second half you change because that confuses the players and leads to calls exactly like this. Um, So they hadn't been calling a lot of stuff. um, And I thought that, to me, in that situation, in this big a game, a call that critical, I mean that critical – that's not. That's one you leave the flag in your pocket. I think um, a defensive holding uh, down in the red zone. To me, if the the only time you call that is if you clearly impede the receiver. In other words, if if you if you grab him, you hold him, you spin him around, uh, you keep him from completing the the route. Um, if you're doing that, if you're impeding the guy from running his route, then I think you got to call it. But he really didn't. I mean, Smith Schuster just spun off him and did exact ran around exactly the way it was designed, uh, and gets in the clear of the balls over his head. But that had nothing to do with it. Um, the, the 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 little grab of cloth there didn't impede him from running the route as drawn up. So to me, that's a situation that you don't call anyway. But you certainly don't call it in that spot on a third down late in the game where by calling that and giving them a first down, you allow them to just kneel it out and kick the field goal. It's, but for the fans, and I've heard a lot of them this morning, including two guys that stopped me when I was walking down Walnut Street, uh, said that cost us the game. I don't look at it that way. It certainly, it certainly helped them close out the game. But don't forget that the, that the Chiefs had three consecutive possessions before that possession where they just walked it down the field and scored touchdowns. That's where you lost the game. I mean, this this allowed them to just end the game, but you lost the game on the possessions that came before. Yes, yeah, that's the tangible part of it. The intangible part of it is what would have happened had they not called that penalty. Now, the bottom line is they still right. would have kicked the field goal that would have given the Eagles a minute and a half to get the ball down the field. We don't know if they would have been able to get the ball down the field, but, but right. the tangible part of it is they didn't stop anybody, and – Here's the drive that really was the killer. They 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 snapped back to tie it at 35 on a on a just a great play by uh, Jalen Hurts and the two point conversion gave them momentum and in a, a time where you had to make a stop, they couldn't make a stop on that drive. They got the ball down the field and they allowed Mahomes to scramble for seven for 26 yards on a play and they converted the third one and they couldn't stop Pacheco. To me, that was the whole game right there. Yeah, uh, it was. And, um, you know, it was, again, I'm going to, I'm going to give a lot of credit to Andy. I thought that he, uh, uh, he really coached a good game. I'm for a guy who has had his lapses in big games before, uh, and certainly could be criticized for some of his decisions and his game management. And I mean, we've talked about that endlessly. It seems this was an occasion where I thought he did a great coaching job in preparing his team, putting together an offense that, could allow Mahomes to be Mahomes. Uh, and the running game was a big part of that. And I, I really didn't think the Chiefs could run the ball successfully against the Eagles, but they did. Um, 158 yards ain't nothing. That's a lot. Uh, and they averaged over six yards a carry. Um, the Eagles, I didn't think, they certainly didn't defend it well. The, for as, as good as the defense was and as good as their stats were this year, I never really thought they were a great tackling team. Uh, and, and the fact is they scored enough points this year that it, it kind of didn't matter. And if you said that, then people would just say you were looking for something to criticize, but I didn't think they were a great tackling team. Uh, and you saw that last night for sure. And the fact that at the end of the night, the chiefs had almost exactly the same number of, of rushing attempts and pass attempts is very uncharacteristic of an Andy Reid team, uh, in the playoffs. But that was the formula that he needed to win this game, 
and he went with it. And to his credit, you know, they come out and now he's a two-time Super Bowl champ. Here's the real difficult thing to process for a lot of people. Um, the Eagles controlled the game and, and almost looked like they were going to turn it into a rout in the first half. Uh, and, and they they answered uh, that, that big turnover. Um, and, or, and, and they get they get the 21 to 14 lead uh, on a great drive. And, and then uh, T.J. Edwards tackles Mahomes and it looks like he's incapable of finishing the game. And then they, they get the field goal to go up 24 to 14. And at that point, people are thinking they're on easy street, including me. Right. I thought they, they were really on easy street. I, I didn't know what that quarterback was going to be able to do in the second half, the way he limped off that field. And they, to, to help him out, Andy Reid ran the football on that opening drive when they got the, so he established, he reestablished their, their offense. But the, you know, that first half, what were you thinking when you saw the first half, when they got the 24 to 14 lead with their quarterback hurt? Yeah. Um, we did, Amy Fadula and I did a halftime, uh, hit and, um, and I said, boy, the Eagles are really in good shape here. I mean, everything other than the turnover, the scoop and score, I mean, everything really kind of went their way in that half. Um, they, they had a 10 point lead. Um, they had controlled the clock. I mean, they had just eaten up huge amounts of time and they kept Mahomes in that offense on the sidelines. Uh, and if you look at the history of Super Bowls, teams that are up 10 at halftime, they just win. I mean, other than the great Tom Brady comeback against Atlanta, the, the, the now known as the 80 for Brady game, because they now made a movie about it. Uh, other than that, teams that were down double digits going into the half lost. Um, so yeah, I felt really good about it. the one, the, the one cautionary note <laughs> that, I, that I offered right before we signed off was don't forget who the other quarterback is. You know, I don't know physically where he is right now because he didn't look real good going off the field. But don't forget that is still Patrick Mahomes. And we've seen him do some amazing things. Uh, and in the run-up to this game, uh, when people were sizing it up and really heavily favoring the Eagles, um, I, 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 was, I remembered I'm – I'm going to evoke a basketball name for you here, Mike <laughs> – and this may seem a little out of context, but I was actually thinking it. Ub Brown. Uh, I remember interviewing Ub Brown back in the days when the Bulls were playing and winning championships with Michael Jordan. Uh, and I was talking to him about some final the Bulls were in. I can't even remember who they were playing. Uh, but I was asking him to size it up. And he said, you know, to me, it's real simple. Uh, in these situations, I always ask one question. Who's the best player in the gym? And that's the team I pick. Uh and what he was basically saying was, it's Michael Jordan. And of course, Michael Jordan always won. And leading up to this game, I asked myself the same question. I often did before big games. Who's the best player in the gym? And the best player in the gym is Patrick Mahomes, you know. Uh, and that's and I'm not trying to put down Jalen Hurts by saying that. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I'd say that against any quarterback in, in the league right now, because Patrick Mahomes is the best, unquestionably. But I kept coming back to that. Who's the best player in the gym? Uh, and amazingly, how often it comes to be true that 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 guy and that team win. And you saw it again last night, as good as Hertz was. And he was really good. Patrick Mahomes was the MVP. Yeah, there's no question. So let's let's talk about Hertz. We're talking to, to the great Ray Dinger here on the Mike Missinelli podcast the, the day after the Eagles lose the Super Bowl, which to me is a devastating uh, loss for, for so many uh, reasons, because you're you're not guaranteed to get back there, especially in, in the Eagles situation, which we will talk about in a little bit. But Hurts last night, Ray, accounted for 417 yards passing and running. A masterful performance, except he gave up a touchdown. And you know, when I'm giving out game balls, I'm going, I got to give it to Jalen Hurts. But he gave up a fumble touchdown on the play. So evaluate that whole performance of his. And then let's look forward on what they have now as a quarterback, because I think we all – uh, understand that they they have found a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I sure feel that way. And if you're coming out of this game and you're looking for silver linings, that's where you start. I mean, I think that if you're talking about how good your team's going to be in the future, the first question you have to ask is, do you have a quarterback? Uh, and yeah, I mean, for sure, Hertz is. I mean, he, he had a, a phenomenal season, uh, an almost MVP season, 
Uh, and if you just look at his at the arc of his career, um, how much he has improved from Alabama to Oklahoma to here year by year. Uh, I mean, he's just gotten better and better and better. And as good as he is right now, Mike, I don't think he's going to all of a sudden plateau. I think he's going to keep working. If anything, he's going to be driven by what happened last night. Uh, and, you know, as good as he is, he may just be scratching the surface. I mean, that, that's really true. I mean, I, I don't think this is going to be one of those, you know, kind of false prophet things like we had with Carson Wentz, you know, where everybody kind of thought everybody was all in on him in 2017. And so was I. I mean, based on what we saw, um, there, you had no reason to think that he was not your franchise quarterback, proved otherwise. I don't get the same feeling with this guy. Um, I think this is a guy that's going to win you a championship, maybe as soon as next year. I don't know. But I, I think I felt that way all season, and there certainly wasn't anything that happened last night. Disappointing as it was, there wasn't anything that happened last night that made me change my mind. All right, so let's let's look at what they are now, right? Because the fact of the matter is that it's, uh, 10 starters that, that are free agents, and there are some guys that definitely won't be back. I believe Miles Sanders won't be back. I, I believe that Bradbury probably won't be back. There are a lot of other guys that they have to get uh, get down to, to reasonable contracts and, and, and re, re, renegotiating their, their deals, and then they have to pay this guy, this quarterback, 45 to $52 million a year is the estimate. So – um, and they're going to lose their defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator, most likely. Uh, so a lot of change now comes comes into play. C- can they stay up at that level with all this change? Uh, it's going to be a challenge. Um, you're right. And the fact, listen, part of the reason that they got to where they were this year was they they had the benefit of their quarterback playing on a rookie contract. I mean, it left them with a lot of money to go out and make the deals that they did. I mean, that's how you got Reddick. That's how you got Bradbury. Uh, That's how you were able to make the trade for A.J. Brown and sign him to the big extension. You had that money to spend that other teams didn't. So that was a huge advantage. And, you know, to Howie Roseman's credit, he he cashed it in and uh, put together a really, really good team, a really good team, deep team. Uh, And that's why they were playing in the Super Bowl last night. Well, you're not going to have that now. Because there's no doubt that they're going to sign Hertz to that new contract, and they're you know you'll you'll structure it in a certain way that you'll kind of leave yourself some money to work with, but you're not going to have as much. And so yeah, you're going to lose some of those guys, some of your one year guys, maybe Gardner Johnson. Hate to see him go, but you might have to. Uh, but don't forget, I mean, one of the things that people should keep in mind is the salary cap is going up next year um, by a lot. I mean, not a little, but a lot. So that'll help. But even at that, you're not going to have as much money and some tough decisions are going to have to be made. And I, I think one of them probably is Miles Sanders. I mean, this was his best year uh, by far. I mean, he had 1,300 yards and played very well, did not play well last night. Uh, and the way of pro football is you don't invest a ton of money in running backs. You, you sign him to the rookie deal, you let him play out the rookie deal, and then you move on. Uh, and I kind of think that's where the Eagles are in this. Somebody's going to make a Miles Sanders a big contract offer. The Eagles will probably say, eh, a little rich for our blood, and they'll let him go. Because I think they feel confident that Kenny Gainwell is ready to step up into that role. And Boston Scott, as we've seen, is a very nice utility back, and they'll probably draft a young back, and they'll be back there again. But I think we probably saw the last of Miles Sanders in Midnight Green. Uh, what do you think about Kelsey? And uh, I guess Sayamalo say is also a, a free agent. Um and he's, you know, he's wavering again. I, I don't, I, you know, he played at a very high level this year. Do you expect that he'll he'll do it again, or he he says, you know, you know, I got the two Super Bowls. That's good enough for me. Um, I don't know, and I don't think he knows. You know, and, and I don't necessarily. A lot of people were trying to make it either or based on whether they won or lost. Oh, if they win, if they win, he's definitely going to retire. And if they lose, maybe he'll. I don't think it's that with him. I, I don't think it's that with him. I think with. Uh, I think it's on how he feels. Uh, I, I, you know, his, his wife, they're getting ready to have their third child. Um, he certainly has no shortage of career opportunities. I mean, if he chooses to stop playing football, I mean, he could go, he'd be in demand as a coach. I think he would be a great coach, but I don't think he'll go that way. Uh, I mean, he's going to have too many opportunities uh, in media. I mean, TV, radio, the guy's a natural. Um, he's, he's the most popular guy in the city. 
I mean, I mean, he could run for mayor. Not, not that I would recommend that for anybody, but if he wanted to run for mayor, he could run for mayor and win in a landslide. I mean, he's got, I mean, the whole, the whole life playbook is open for him. It's just a matter of when he wants to tackle it. Um, my feeling is I think he's going to play um, because I'll tell you, Mike, and, and I look at the tape all the time. He was great this year. I, I honestly think on a game-by-game, week-by-week basis, this was his best season, which is pretty amazing when you're talking about 35-year-old guy, five-time Pro Bowl guy, five-time All-Pro, who had his best season in his mid-30s. Um, but I, I think that's true. He was that good. Um, and so it's not like you're talking about a guy who's now in his mid-30s and his skills are clearly declining. That is not the case. That is not the case. Um, so if you were to pin me down, even though I don't even think he knows this morning what he's going to do, but if I were to guess, as good as he played this year and as much as he loves this team uh, and understands his importance within the structure of this team, I'd be willing to bet you he comes back and plays. Yeah, I agree on your assessment of him. Uh, he was just had an amazing year, as good as ever. So yeah, you probably, you know, depending on whether he wants to go out uh, as good as ever. I mean, I think uh, he'll have to decide that, and maybe he doesn't want to risk the legacy being diluted. But that's an important uh, thing for him. And if not, they've got Cam Jurgens they can throw in there. So last thing I need to ask Ray Dinger is. Uh, Ray, your review of Rihanna's halftime show. I, I know the people have been waiting for this uh, and or the commercials. Um, I didn't I didn't see Rihanna because, uh, as I said, Amy Fadul and I were doing a halftime hit. So we were we were in a in a room there just uh, talking about the first half. So I did not get to. So see you, you didn't ta- you didn't tape it and go back and watch it later. <laughs> no, that was that, that. I never planned to do that. Uh, but now, I, from what I gather, and I asked my wife, she keeps track of this stuff far better than I do. What kind of reviews did Rihanna's performance get? Uh, apparently very mixed, right, Mike? I mean, some people liked it, but a lot of people were panning it. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to really focus on it uh, because you know, we're obviously preparing a show and that halftime was eating time for all of us. Um, so we got away from the television, but, but I knew people were on the edge of their seat waiting for your review of this. And I knew I had to ask you. Uh, and I didn't, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm so into my note taking that I don't commercial time is really kind of catch up time for me to add my stats and my red zone efficiencies and third down and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not really paying as much attention to the commercials, um, as other people are. Um, but the, the one I saw that, that I thought was very funny, and I've seen it before. It wasn't new to me last night. Was the Michelob commercial, which is the uh, which is the knockoff of Caddyshack. Which you know, given my longstanding love of the film Caddyshack, uh, to see it evoked in any kind of way, um, I I thought that was very clever, and I I like that one a lot. Now I don't know how the general audience is going to rate it, but uh, that was the one I saw that I thought, oh, that's pretty. Yeah, good. I thought I thought th- I think it was pretty highly rated. Uh, all right, Ray. So listen, the the, la- the last uh, thing is is the it was such a great season. Does this thing just completely overwhelm it? The disappointment of losing in the Super Bowl. It's it's it, it's. I have these mixed feelings here because it was I think the best team that I've seen being presented by this Eagle franchise, and yet they lose as a favorite. So uh, what's the, what's the prevailing feeling here? Disappointment. I, I really think so. You know, it's it's funny um, at uh, at NBC. We were talking last night after it was all over, and we're just kind of sifting through the ashes. And somebody brought up, "Wow, you know, it's like the Phillies World Series loss." And I said, "I, no, I don't think so. I don't think so." Uh, when the Phillies lost the World Series, there was disappointment, but it I, it didn't feel like this. Um, you know, the Phillies had had that great run in September. You know, and they knock off St. Louis and Atlanta and San Diego and they get to the finals. And I think that everybody was disappointed because there was such magic and such enthusiasm around that run. And but, you know, it all came down to it in this final in the final analysis. And I don't I kind of think people most people have kind of come to grips with the fact that Houston was better. I mean, Houston was better. Uh, but you, as, a, as a Phillies fan, you sat back and said, damn, those guys played their butts off. You know, and and they gave us a heck of a ride here. 
all through September, all through red October. This was fun. This was fun. And, you know, okay, they fell short, but it was fun. This is different. This is different. I mean, the Eagles were the best team in the league for the year. Um, They're the best team in the regular season. Um, They crushed their two playoff opponents. They come into this game as favorites. Uh, By acclamation, as you said, and I said, starting this conversation, everybody in the city thought they were going to win. And to have it end the way it ended uh, in a game that you should have won, a game that you were 10 points up at halftime and you just let it slip away. To me, there's nothing but disappointment. And to me, it doesn't even compare to the Phillies losing the World Series. You could walk away from the World Series and feel pretty good about the Phillies and the way they played and that whole experience. I don't think you walk away from this feeling that way. Uh, I, I think you walk away from this with a feeling of letdown. And I, if the Eagles had won this, if the Eagles had won this thing, and they should have won it, if, but if they had won it, you could look back on accurately and say this was the best season in the history of this franchise. I mean, 14 wins, all the records they set, A.J. Brown's record, total points, total touchdown sacks, all that stuff. You'd look back and say, this was the Eagles' best season in their history, and this was their best team. Well, you can't say that now. You can't say that now because when it came down to the big game, they came up short. Uh, So uh, some people may try to draw the comparison between this and the World Series. I think the emotions are totally different. I think everybody thought that this this team was going to win. And the feeling is just let down. And it's hard to come away from this. Maybe in time you'll look back and have memories of this game or that game and you'll feel good about it. But right now it's just a really, really empty feeling. Yep, I agree. It's, it's difficult to process. Ray, listen, thank you for spending the morning uh, with us. We really appreciate it. We appreciate your contributions on the podcast. This is your second time guest now, which is a, it's a lofty. You know, we've only had a couple <laughs> of second time guests and you're, you're one of them. So we really appreciate well, you taking the time to do this for us. Thank you. Hey, it's always a pleasure, Mike. Always a pleasure. Great to be with you. The great Ray Dinger. It's the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, it's time for my parting shot. My parting shot today is uh, uh, how, how fans were deprived of a moment. Uh, and I know uh, uh, some knuckleheads got down to Broad Street last night and were causing mayhem. It wasn't a lot. It was about a thousand people and bike cops, I think, threw a smoke bomb or something or somebody threw a smoke bomb. I don't know if they did it to repel these people or not. Um, I know that this video is going to get out and make Philadelphia look bad again, right? Uh, it wasn't that big of a deal, folks. OK, there were a lot of people that were poised to pour out of those bars and, and revel in a Super Bowl championship. And when that moment was taken away from them, they still went out there. They said, what the hell? Let's party anyway. Uh, It wasn't that big of a deal. I hope that this video isn't blown up through America. Look at these Eagle fans. Even when they lose, they riot. It wasn't like that at all. Though you're going to read some stories about how some revelers were out anyway. You're always going to get that. You're going to get some drunken people out there because they've been drinking all game, watching the game, and at that point they're not ready to just go home and and, uh, put their head on the pillow. They're they're going to get it out of themselves, so they go out on the streets. Not a big deal. And I I feel them because these fans were poised for another parade. We all remember what it was like in, in 2017. I was out on the street. Anthony Gargano and I were swigging a bottle of tequila together, walking down the street, looking at all the, the, these these cars that were going by in a parade. That was a fun time. And people thought they were going to be able to do that last night, and it, the moment was taken away from them. So I ain't mad at you at all. Uh, there's a, a, a couple hooligans acted up and had to be uh, taken off by, by police. That's going to happen. It, it wasn't a big – I feel bad for them. I feel bad for all those people that were really poised to celebrate, and they didn't get a chance to do that last night. And we don't know whenever we're ever going to get a, a chance to do it. So uh, we take inventory here. The Phillies gave you a great season. They lost the, the World Series. You weren't that devastated. We all thought Houston was the better team. But you're not guaranteed to go back to the World Series either. And, and the Eagles get to the Super Bowl. They were the favorite. Everybody in the world thought they were going to win this game, and they didn't win the game. So we are left with disappointment here, again, uh, until we establish ourselves as champions in sports, in baseball, in football, in basketball, which is the last 
uh, vestige, by the way, this year. The Sixers now have to come through. Um, things looked up. Yeah, we went from one season to the next to the next. When we thought we could win, we didn't. So we're back in the same spot. So the responsibility is now on the 76ers. You saw what happened to the Phillies. You saw what happened to the Eagles. If you can salvage this sports year for the fans of Philadelphia, uh, you will be forever remembered. So all you Sixers players, I know you're big listeners to the Mike Missinelli podcast. Take take that uh, uh, under advisement, and uh, let's see uh, if you could do something in these playoffs. Um, Darren, uh, it's been a pleasure to follow this season, man. We were doing a podcast like almost every day this week leading up to the Super Bowl, and we thought this day was going to be different. It wasn't. They lose 38-35, to and the glory goes to Andy Reid. And Patrick Mahomes, and we sit here and we got our thumbs in our nostrils. It's it's a kick in the balls is what it is. That's how I felt when I woke up this morning. And I thought about the Phillies and the Eagles both coming so close just in the last three months alone. Uh, it's it's a tough day. It really is because everybody was ready. You, we were all robbed of that moment, like you said. And uh, that team, there were several moments in that game last night where they, taking control of it was right there. There were several times in that game. Take control of this game right there, put them away. More than one. And that's, I think, is hurting me the most this morning. Uh, so my final message to people, hey, hey folks, just, uh, you know, uh, hang in there. Uh, the, maybe the fortunes have turned, even though we didn't get a championship out of the Philly season or the Eagles season. Maybe the fortunes have turned now where all these teams are contenders, perennial contenders, and and we'll take that because that's – a pretty good era of sports that you're living in when all your teams are, are contenders. Uh, but I feel your disappointment, and I wish I could uh, change the result for all of you out there. I want to thank you for listening to the Mike Missinelli podcast, especially this edition, the morning after, which is a tough morning uh, for all of us. Uh, the podcast will continue, however, as we move on to what the Sixers are going to do and the aftermath of the Eagles and the news that will come out this week. Uh, you can get me, email me. If you have any reaction to this podcast or to this season, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is mike at mikemiss.com. Uh, I would love to get your emotions and, and, and uh, talk about them on the next podcast. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, mikemiss25. Um, and I made a tweet last night that wound up hitting me in the face. Uh, Patrick Mahomes went out, limped out. Uh, they were up. Uh, I told the people to relax, have a drink at halftime, that good things are coming, uh, and I put a crutch emoji for Patrick Mahomes. And obviously, suddenly he comes out in the second half like Superman. So I apologize for the tweet because I know people are Mike, you jinxed him. All right, man. I'm exasperated. I'm exhausted. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. We'll catch you on the next Mike Missinelli podcast right here on Bet Rivers. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.